Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm just trimming Barry the Bonsai, Emma. And I'm the excited squeaking noise that Paul's court makes every time Isaac's trying to expose Ruby. Connor, so what have we got coming up this week, Emma? Well, we had a week off last week, so we're back. And this week, because we've had a week off, we are going to be discussing two weeks worth of EastEnders episodes. We'll have Hero and Slappin' Down, and that'll be judged over the two weeks of episodes. So if you're getting a slapping down, ho, 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 you deserve it. You must have. <laughs> but first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy! Blimey! Mr. Butcher! 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other, the next, rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night! So, unlike Jags, Vinny is alive and he is out of hospital. Vinny was just basically staring at the kettle for ages. And Sookie comes creeping up behind her and she goes, ah, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, me in a cuppa. <laughs> he's not, he's not lost the use of his hands. <laughs> and she was like, you sit down. I'll make you some toast. I'll make things, but you've not eaten at all. And then she moves on from that very quickly. So she's obviously not making them toast anymore. She's like, I'll do you a bet. I'll make you a bet. I'll make you a bet. Nothing like clean sheets, is there? Nothing like clean sheets. Um, he's not eight. I'm sure he could do his own bedding. I live for the the whole scene where like, like Vinny staring into like Jags's picture was staring also through the steaming of the kettle. I was like, I don't know what this is trying to convey. <laughs> it's a very unusual setup. <laughs> it's not very morose, a steamed kettle. I don't know. It's just not morose, is it? Like it seems seems quite a, a, a very loud and active thing. Um, a kettle coming to boil. So it's not very morose. <laughs> yeah, because it's like... Eee! Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not like... Like, have it quite silent and grim. Instead, you've got... <laughs> as the kettle steaming up. And then you've got Suki like, I'll make you some toast. <laughs> and I'll also do some laundry. <laughs> it's very loud. So Vinny decides he doesn't want toast. He doesn't want his bed done. He's going to go and see Dottie. For some sexual healing. <laughs> sexual healing. <laughs> I've been waiting so long to be able to sing that song on this legitimately. And I have found the perfect time. <laughs> By the way, live for the whole Dottie and Vinny situation. We'll have to get into that before we start talking about the sexual healing element. The whole scene, the whole scene with them. Was everything. Well, we I mean, had... we had a conversation that I'm st- I still need to know the end of. We never found out. And I am left wondering. <laughs> Dottie starts a story. And she says, Sonia follows this person on Instagram. Who apparently... <laughs> I love this! <laughs> <laughs> who apparently does a thing with a crisp packet. Wait, what? But what? <laughs> I was like, is this an OnlyFans sort of thing? Like, or is this kind of like soft sculpture sort of thing? Is he making them into like origami? Like, what's he doing with the crisp packets? What is he doing? Is it crimes? <laughs> is he committing crimes against crisp packets? Me, Emma, Dina, no. We are staunch believers in the rights and protections of crisp packets and we will fight for their rights. 
What happens if he like just draws his favorite crisp packets or he frames his favorite crisp packets <laughs> or maybe he just lines them up in order of how he likes his crisps i don't know i, I would love to think that this man makes wigs out of crisp packets <gasps> and he just like gets each staples them together he's like perfect what about dresses oh <gasps> there you go could you, you remember in crisp packets It'd be like, like, I think we've just invented a new thing yeah like lady gaga's meat dress he does yeah, crisp, crisp packet packets. dresses and it's just all walkers. Oh. All to have just walkers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like you might throw in like a, um, a squares or you know, <gasps> one of those. Oh. A kettle crisp in the middle just to, you oh. know, really, you know, you need that little bit that gets everyone going. <gasps> oh, I know where that boy is. Shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Kettle crisp, that's all walkers. <laughs> I know. I mean, can we just be honest about kettle crisps, right, for a minute? I know we're going off topic, yeah. This is a serious topic about, like, guilt, all this stuff. But maybe I'm not going to go off topic. We're back with a vengeance, guys. Um, we are. talk about kettle crisps? They are so overrated, aren't they? They are treated like the posh crisps, but they taste like rubbish. And they, aren't they, like, technically, like, a healthier version of a crisp because they're like, ooh, a vegetable flavour? They say that, right, but they're dead greasy on my hands. I always feel like there's, like, a layer of grease on my fingertips. <laughs> You don't get that from walkers, and it's probably because they're over-processed, but I still don't want greasy fingers. You know, there's there's some great crisps in the world. You've got the, you've got walkers, you know, you, yeah. you standard, you standard, they are champions of crisps. They're champion. Pombears. Got a oh, pombear. Oh, a pombear. <laughs> and those French fries ones. <laughs> that sounds sound like I'm just inventing a new language or something like that. A pombear. <laughs> 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 it's like we have our own little language. It's our own language. <laughs> that actually just means move on. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, before, before I move and on. Did you still like a skips? I never skips liked. Original skips. Never liked a skip. See, I don't like prawn cocktail, but I like the skips. I think it was because they used to do like we had like crackly thing that in your mouth. That's then, why like, I didn't like them. <laughs> it freaked me out. But I have to say, I've had skips since since my childhood, and I don't enjoy them anymore. Mm. There's something about skips now that freak me out. I don't know if it's a different formula, something else. What? So serious conversation here, guys, about crisps. Get involved. A what's it? What? <gasps> do you know what once freaked me out? No, no, it's not the Watson. It's Emma. I could deal with a Watson. Could right? you? I could deal with a Watson. I <laughs> could you? <laughs> Bumper! <laughs> Bumper! <laughs> the thing that disturbs me is do, do you ever have, right, those, they were really nice crisps, right? They were called um, Borgas Max Air or something like that, right? It was like a Sazio texture. Are that, you putting right? on trainers? And it was like, crinkled right mm-hmm. but they were nice oh i know which now ones you they mean made new ones have they that pretend to be them and then you eat them you open that packet and they are not those crisps <gasps> anymore because the ones that were like the walkers max air original were more like um you know those um those nice crisps that you get that can come in like um steak and things like that they're the like crinkled ones the rich the crinkly like, you know, ones yeah i just call them McCoy's. McCoy's. The original Max Airs were a bit like the McCoys, and now the new Max ones, the new Walkers Max ones, are these terrible. They're these terrible, horrible, 
like baked crinkled crisps, right? But they're so greasy. They're greasier than the um, kettle, <laughs> kettle chips, the crisps. I'm going crazy now. <laughs> and like, they are so bad. Like, I hated them and I was freaked out. I was like, oh, this is an abomination. This isn't what I had every time I would fly to another country. This isn't what I would pick up from an airport, WH Smith. These are outrageous. I love the French fries ones where the... Oh, they, they are quite oh, good. They're lovely. They are quite good. I mean, you can basically eat loads of them so they're just air. They're, they're great. What's it? Skips and quavers. I just, I just can't. They're all by the same people, though, you know. No. That's what there, there, there we go. I'm yeah. so sorry to whoever Those that is. Those are literally all from the same people. I swear to God. Oh, well, whoever that is, I am sorry. Oh, I didn't you know, mean to offend. Do you remember those things that you said? <laughs> They're all crap. <laughs> Don't buy any of them. <laughs> Someone sat home crying. <laughs> like, I loved Watsits. <laughs> they were my prized creation. <laughs> Ever have those crisps, right? They were legendary for, like, children's parties, discos at schools. They were those weird, those weird bunny rabbits on the front of them. They were definitely cheap crisps. They were like kind of like watsits, but they weren't watsits. They were sort of puffed up, and um, but they were like they, a, a crispy color, not like a watsit yes, color. Yes, they weren't like watsits in some regards, but in others they were. They were puffs. God, what are they called? I'm gonna have to look them up. I'm on air research. <laughs> oh, uh, we love a bit of on air. These crisps. Fabulous. Everyone knows these puff crisps, and I just can't. I just can't um, remember oh, their names. While you do a little search, well, does anyone remember when you used to get the Pringles holders and you used to get like, and you could take yes! it, you could take your Pringles around in their I little box. Them. Ooh, I found them, Emma. I found them. Here we are. They're called Happy Snacks. Oh, Happy Snacks. That's a fancy name. Oh, yes. They all look like rabbits who had been taking too much drugs. Yes. I mean, very strange marketing against. Yeah. Especially that one. That it, one definitely looks the like The top his, one, his isn't his it? Eye. It's the one. It's his eyes. That's what it is. It's the eyes. It's the off eyes. He's seen some things, that rabbit. He's he's seen some things back in his days. And um, they always feel like crisps with no substance. Yeah. You buy it and there'll be nothing. There'll be short bits of flavour and then there'll just be air. Do you remember when you used to have to go to the school discos and have to have yes. that food? Do you remember the just little cups? Where you had to put your straw in and it would go... Oh, do with them. Lemon. <laughs> them drinks. Honestly, do you remember those weird... Do you, you'll know them, right? <laughs> Everyone listening will know them. In school, they used to give you those horrible, like Emma says, the straws and the drinks. <laughs> they were never going. They were really crappy. Like, they were from the... Um, e, what's the place? What's those shops called that kind of get, stock everything? Like Costco. Yeah. Yes, they were like that sort of Yeah, because they came they in the big box. Stepers. It's like a big shop. What's it called again? The, the, the wholesalers. Wholesalers things, yes. They were all the bargain yeah. drinks. They weren't even drinks. They weren't liquid. They were just food colouring and God knows what, syrup. Like that was basically yeah. what was in those and drinks. And wouldn't you get like a pink one and an orange one and everyone would always want the pink one and then there would just be this fight because then you'd be left with the orange one and everything. But it was also hard to hold. And they would switch... <laughs> Do you remember yeah. squid? They were like so cheap. They were cheaper than like pound shop level. And you would put it in the straw in the top and it would just all co- start coming out anyway. Yes. It would just be pouring out or squirt up. Yeah. Oh, why is it today? Like today was going to be our glorious comeback. It was, it was. And I mean, we were talking about crisps. I don't know. 
<laughs> so the sound of the underground plays, and like I love that song, and I can't. Yeah, no. When that song came out, I was like, "Eat God memories." I can't Amazing really say song. it's a romantic song, but apparently, just really gets Stotty and Vinny going. I mean, it does. It gets gets the blood flowing, and before you know it, it's it's gone with the sound of the underground, and it's bound trickle wow wow. <laughs> Can I just say as well, I kind of understand this whole scene because Vinny's just gone through a really hard moment, right, in his life. He's lost his brother. He does feel guilty. He's also trying to kill himself. And it's a really difficult time for him. And he then finds solace in someone that he deeply cares about. However, I do also love Dottie's statements before this act. She didn't know how to say anything to him. She didn't know what to send him. Well... Are you all right? Might be a star. I know it's a bit cliche and it can come across as rude and a, like a little bit dismissive, but also like it's a genuine question. Like you would want to know that Vinny's all right. You care about him. She just said that. Oh, like um, um, you don't have to reply to this, but I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you and I, I hope you're doing all right. Exactly. Something like that. Something just sweet. Yeah. Or just even just as simple as I'm just thinking about you and I just want you to know that. Mm-hmm. It's dead simple like that. Um, obviously, it's a difficult situation. She might have just struggled. And then they do obviously find some way of, of helping Vinny. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the right way in terms of I understand it. I do understand why he sought solace in her and I understand why he went there for that. Struggle with her rationale because she quite obviously after the act is not into it. Which is a shame because I think Dottie and Vinny made a good parent. They actually do. They're quite lost young people. Um, they, they, they are in that kind of space that a lot of us were in when we were that age. And, and certainly um, people are, are like that still. I know people, you know, some of my relatives are still like that where they struggle to kind of find themselves and Vinny and her resonate with each other in that regard. I think um, she probably. I don't think she doesn't like him. I think it was a case of. I think in this moment she's realised like that probably wasn't the way to help him. She regrets it in yes. the sense that she feels like she's done the wrong thing. While he doesn't, he feels like that's helped him. She just feels like that maybe. She would have liked to have done that with him at a different time. Um, not at this moment. Yes. And I do think some of it could come from a place of, oh, no, he's my friend. Maybe yeah. I messed it up. I mean, I mean, that is like a proper breakup line. But yes, there's definitely yes. like, the, the, there's that, there is that element to it. And I do genuinely think she does feel like that. And like you say, Emma, I think like he obviously took away from that situation, like happiness and he was enjoying himself and like it's took his mind off things. But that's not dealing with the trauma of what he's going through. And actually, he needs to, to to deal with it in a healthy way. Because when he doesn't, we've seen what happens. He hurts himself um, and and hurts others. And so he needs to deal with this before starting a relationship with Dottie. I don't understand how they, with all those prying eyes, they, they were doing it in yeah, the, there, like... I love Did it. We're just doing it on someone's couch. I'll be like, excuse me. They had like Nick, so her dad, a picture of him. They had Jim, oh. they had Lauren, they had Diane Ethel. 
They had <laughs> they had Lauren, Bianca, Ricky, everyone was there. All staring at them. Do you know what would be even creepier? Actually, they looked up and there weren't picture frames anymore. It was just them, all those people just staring at them going, smiling. <laughs> really creepy, wouldn't it? <laughs> I couldn't do that. It would be like, it is like grandma's house, isn't it? It is. Could you yes. ever sleep with somebody in your grandma's house? I could never. <laughs> Imagine that. But also, I was thinking, someone's going to sit on that sofa. Winnie's going to come downstairs, she's going to sit on that sofa, and she's going to find Binny's flipping dirty underwear, just wedged down the side of there. That's what she's going to do. <laughs> it's that big day, that big day for everyone from the 90s, especially 90s US TV shows and sitcoms. It's Science Fair Week, famous in England. <laughs> <laughs> and naturally, in all science fairs, what do you make? You make a paper mache volcano. It always like, is. is just. It's always a volcano, and it's it's always one. Always. It is, isn't it? In the big show pieces, that it always erupts. I'm obviously not American, guys. So, American listeners, please send us your replies and comments. You know, science fairs. Did you all have to do them? Were they mandatory? They always seem very mandatory on TV shows. <laughs> I don't want to be forced to make something sciencey. Imagine me and you, Emma, trying to make a volcano. We would be useless. God, I was going to blow up and set fire to the place. I mean, the most we ever had to do was when you had to do the egg competition for Oh, don't Easter. even with them. <laughs> God, they could make flashbacks to trauma, that. That's like childhood trauma. The Easter egg, egg painting competition. They were nightmarish. And trying to get your egg to school without <laughs> cracking it, breaking it, everything. It's not just that. It's when you would do, like, I don't know, like, felted pens and, like, you know, pipe cleaners. And then you'd come in and someone's made a massive big foot and carousel. Uh-huh. Someone made a carousel and a million eggs painted perfectly. And, like, little people. Papa like, Picasso, yeah. They would be, like, yeah, they'd be, like, the next winners of, like, you know, the... The, the British greatest artist or something. It was awful. Of an art, like, art competition, but that. It was awful, wasn't it? You'd come in, you'd be like, mm, actually, I think mine's really good this year. And you'd put the yeah. tiniest little extra detail, like you make like a little poster in there for you. Like, yeah. Say it was your room or whatever. And you're like, oh, look, that's, and there's the bed. And... Well, we all know you don't do your room properly. <laughs> our, True. Our, our teacher knew. You never <laughs> did knew. that right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have pink carpet, Emma. <laughs> that is not my bird's eye view. She knows. <laughs> she knew. That's why you failed on the Easter eggs because you used to do the fake flipping bedroom. <laughs> no, the worst. You're right though. It would be terrible. We'd come yeah. in. You'd be shamed. You'd be shamed because you'd walk through that main entrance, wouldn't you? And there would be oh, all the greatest be. things you've ever seen built. And it was like they had like I don't know, like imagine yes from like Disney and DreamWorks that work on these things. There'd be like humongous snake sculptures with. The eggs as the eyes. It'd be like flipping carousels of people, like I say, with a fairground filled with eggs. And not like, one of them has a crack in. Not one. Not and they're all perfectly designed. I was like, who are these pet kids' parents? Like, someone. Like extras from Smart or Art Attack. You would actually have someone who's made this, recreated the school out of eggs. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the 16th chapel, but just eggs. It would be something else to be the Tower of Eggs. Like, you would come in with your little pipe cleaner for hair. Yes, pipe cleaner hair. Uh, I remember doing a Medusa one, right? And I thought, this is amazing. Painted it green, 
giving it like little reptilian scales. May even made the the what you call it the like the egg packaging into an outfit. Pipe cleaner hair for snakes. Oh my god, it was amazing. Walk in, it's a pile of rubbish. <laughs> pile of rubbish in comparison to the flipping. I don't know the flipping. Picassos that were there in that front entrance. And do you know what was terrible? They used to award those kids oh, Easter eggs, big chocolate Easter big eggs. Big chocolate Olivia. Easter eggs. Evil, that man. I hope that poor bad Lexi gets an award for that at Volcano. Uh-huh. She had a teacher helper, so she did. I don't know. That was my suspicion of all those kids as well. All oh, those kids yes. were amazing at those Easter eggs. I think they were just people who had like teachers as parents or something, or like, I don't know, that bloke from Art Attack was like one of their uncles and he would come around Got and be. do it for them. Because be, yeah. it was so awful. You would then all put your eggs, your egg masterpieces down. Yeah, they just look like frumpy, the frumpy ugly sister, wouldn't they? That's yeah, and they would, like. they would pick... The ugly sister from Cinderella. They would go through them all and then pick the best three and then they would get like bigger and bigger and bigger Easter eggs while yours yeah. was like a well done. Do you remember you, you tried Capri's eggs? Do you remember you used to get crap Capri's eggs sometimes? Oh, the, yeah, the little. If I mean that, if you were they were lucky. evil anyway. They were terrible. The little cream eggs. Yeah, and that's only if they had enough. <laughs> Still haunts me that to this day. Clearly, look, we've talked about this topic. I think twice now, but it, it, it was yeah. serious. Like it's like it's it's like a it was the greatest shame and experience you ever had as a child. I think your Easter egg. we should have all got an egg. We should have. Everyone should have got an egg. And I don't want anyone coming going, oh, everyone gets a medal for team. Yes, they do in my world, right? <laughs> everyone deserves a medal for taking part. It's the thought that counts. He spent all this time making that volcano ride. Despite that, he's found time to work on his side project. His side project of solving the not mystery of who killed Paul. And I think that's very important. It's very important to solve those mysteries. That's not a mystery. We do them all the time, to be We fair. do them all the time. Oh, this week, Cats Cabs is officially no longer an unsolved mystery, actually. It's, it's solved. There was no mystery. Turns out she has been doing it the whole time. Exactly. And I think we should support Isaac's search for answers now. Search for answers into who killed his brother, even though we know who killed his brother. Zanny Hunter. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll go with him on this journey. We'll support him. Somebody who's not very supportive because she's freaked out. It's Lola, and it's quite understandable because he's like, "Well, since you since you're on a break, fancy um." She's always on a break. She always is. I love when she was like, "I've only got a yeah. short time left of my break." I'm like, "Stop it, Lola!" And the other the other stop. bit when she was like, "I've got half. I've only got a half day." <laughs> of course. Of course, you're never there, man. <laughs> so she's always like, "Well, there's not a lot of customers, in, so I'm just going to take a half day now." Um, she decides she's going to go with Isaac. Because he's got to show up, something important. That's what he's been working on. His project. He's figured it all out, you see. And he opens the shed to a pile of paper and rubbish on the floor and some empty cartons with spoons in. Lola, naturally, is rather freaked out. And is like, okay, um, you know how I said that if I was worried, we agreed that if I was worried, I could tell you and you would take your meds again. I'm worried now. Them two have been fantastic these last few weeks. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. They both deserve proper awards and recognition for their storyline. I've really enjoyed it. They've, mm-hmm. they've actually, 
The FGM storyline fell flat for me and Emma towards the end. Uh, the beginning of it, they were doing it well, fell flat quite quickly. Not enough follow-up, not enough time spent on it. Isaac's mental health storyline, on the other hand, though, has been done well. There has been a lot of time spent on it. There's been a lot of time and effort put in to developing it. And you can see that in their interactions. And, you know, Isaac and, and Lola, their actors are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The way it's portrayed, like, especially when, um, which we'll get on to later, when he was in the, the office um, at the door, like, and he was getting really upset. And I was just like, oh, Isaac. You feel it. You understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like really with him on the journey. But you're also with you Lola, are. where you really want him to get the help. He's struggling to comprehend his actions and behaviours. He doesn't see what other people are seeing. He's perceiving what he's doing as normal. And that's all down to the fact that he has a distorted image of what is normal and of perception and gen- his perception of the world around him and himself in general. I just think it's it's so well done. He portrays it really well. We've kind of gone through this whole motion with him where we've seen this kind of gradual, always oh, sort of silliness and then sort of fixating things and then sort of, sort of kind of a little bit delusional and then sort of also getting a little bit paranoid about people. We kind of see this journey through his decline in mental health meanwhile yeah. we're at ruby's yes we're having a, a ruby catch up with her and jean i find it very weird she's decided she's gonna rehire the slaters oh i love that yeah now that she's locked stacy up yeah why not have the rest of them still work there um and so many so many things here <gasps> so many ideas in my little brain. Emma's right. I'm just going to say it now, right? I know it's premature. Emma's right. Emma's <laughs> right, but Jean. Emma's right, but Jean being a little spy, yes. being a little, like, sleuth. So Isaac pops in, and um, I loved the whole bits with him and Jean, and I really want to see more of that. Oh, yes. Jean, oh, my God, The yes. thing is, Jean's been there. And Jean's had it with Stacy as well, and Stacy's mm-hmm. been there. And that's something, especially when Stacy's back, I think would be really good to explore. Yeah. She she knows something's up straight away. Jean just knows. I think you do when you when you suffer from mental health problems yourself, I think you do know, don't you? You, you see the signs. You can see the signs. Um, and I think that was you're right, it was great that Jean kind of knew straight away. Ruby didn't quite understand and he was like, Hughes now, he was like, You're a liar and all this and things like that and she was kind of confused by the ramblings whilst Jean was looking beyond the ramblings and seeing the problem. She was seeing the mental health. So Isaac says, Ruby has the answers and she needs to stop lying and <laughs> he knows that her dad killed Paul. When he said it though, Emma, you know, when he said, you've got all the answers and you need to stop lying and Ruby got really frightened. Did you think it was because she thought he knew? Yes. Like, it was like, oh no, he knows. I'll put Stacey yeah, That's what I felt because every time she, he said anything like, um, you're lying, you're a bad person, the truth will come out, Ruby. I was like, well, firstly, yes, that will happen. The truth will come out, Ruby. It will, it will come out. And secondly, when he just ran in saying all that, you could see her face like, oh, he knows, he knows. Yeah. Like, because she's done quite a lot of things as well, though. She's but, done a lot. She's done a lot of criminal things Yeah, as well. so he could have picked up on any, but, you know... CCTV, I think. Another another theory before I get into my other theories. Another theory. Another one. 
do you think he's going to be the one that finds the CCTV because you're looking at computer for some stuff on Johnny? Well, I was thinking... Or do I think it's Gene? <laughs> I think Gene will do that. I think Gene will be the one who gets like something like that. Yeah. But I think or he, his actions may lead to the mysterious fire that we've been hearing. Yeah, gossips and rumors I hope about. not. I know, I'm hoping not. But I do think it might... And I think it might involve Ruby, Ruby's reveal, mm. um, because I feel like it is very full circle for for her character to come in on the back of a terrible fire that consumed her family, to then be involved in a serious fire. And actually, I wonder if the way they will redeem Ruby as a character is to have her sacrifice herself to save, say, Lily. I want Ruby's lies to be exposed, and everyone to know what's happened. Yeah. Stacy to be out and. I want it to come from Ruby herself, if I'm honest. I want her to be the one to mm. say, this, this is what I've done. I want yeah. Martin to leave her and go back to Stacey. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. I don't want Ruby to die in the no, fire. Yeah, do I. And I really like the actress. And I want to see, I do want to see her back. I do too. <laughs> and I do, I do love it. But I just think it's like what we've discussed numerous times where it's a bit like, how do you redeem certain things? Yeah. I think with like Johnny Allen's history at the square as well, like, not having that link anymore, them all dead. It just reminds me of the whole Mel and... It is sad, but it's like I say, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's kind of poetic, isn't it? Like, there's a poeticness to it. Mm. And you know what EastEnders like for poetry? They love a bit of poetic justice. You know what I would like to say? endings. I don't think it'll happen, but what I would like to say is Stacey be the one to save Ruby after all she's done. That would be nice. Oh, my God. Like, she pulls her out of the fire. Yeah. Oh, that will be good. See, um, I either think that Ruby will die protecting Lily, or I would love what you've just described there. There's an interesting line. So Ruby has no idea about the photos, which leads Isaac to say, you keep saying that, but all of this, all of your lies, you're a bad person, Ruby, a truly bad person. Then Jean I'm so sorry about Paul. I know what it feels like when your family aren't treated properly and yes. how and how upsetting it all is. And she looks at Ruby and That's Ruby's the face. Moment. It's because for Isaac, obviously his like dislike of Ruby is misplaced. Like even if Johnny did have something to do with Paul's death, Ruby didn't. Like, no. Point blank. Like there's no well, way she did. Paul Starch was um, so young then. She was like 12. Um, <laughs> Running away oh. as well from Johnny. It is quite funny because there is like the timing of it. It's come right at the time that Ruby's done all this bad stuff to Stacey. And it's like a good moment for her to just be reminded that, yes, you have done bad things and you can be redeemed, Ruby. Because she says herself, she feels bad and she feels guilty and things. And Jean says, oh, well, you know, no one's the hopeless case. No one can't, you know, be better. Um, yeah, because doesn't Jean or, or, say... Or be, like, do good. Yeah, doesn't Jean say like... Um like your everyone deserves happiness but it does make yes. you think about all the bad things you've done yes and that's the big message that we always say every week is that ruby can be redeemed but she has to own up to what she's done and re- she has to redeem herself she has to do something to do better when isaac says she needs to tell the truth jean replies with oh she will and maybe yeah. we can think of other ways to put things right. So I think Jean's hanging around because she wants Ruby to confess. 
She's waiting I, I, for a confession. Think she will. And I think she's genuinely been there for her when she's seen her struggling. Mm. I think when it comes to this and knowing what Ruby's done to her family, her daughter, her grandchildren, yeah. they're also mm-hmm. involved in this. She's she's not letting it go. And she knows she's on the verge of getting Ruby to confess the truth because uh, she even says, oh, my conscience isn't clear. And Jean's like, isn't it? Exactly. I knew when that line came up, I was like, Emma's right. Gina's <laughs> got a recording device in her little like flipping leather print satchel and um or tabard sorry and she's she's waiting for ruby to confess and that doesn't mean that she's like you say not trying to be there for ruby for the times when she's struggling but i think she's just also the two are mutually exclusive she is waiting for the answers Mm -hmm. that will save her daughter but also is so supporting ruby and she also keeps saying she keeps dropping in stacy a lot as well so like um she's always saying she's visiting her so it, it, I feel like she might be just giving some updates yeah. as well. But she even talks to Martin about Stacey, like, um, like Ruby drops something and she's like trying to leave and she's just like, and Martin keeps talking to her and she's like, okay, well now I'm going. Um, but then she's like, Stacey always said you were a great help just knowing you were there. And she would say it herself if she was here. I'm like, yeah. oh, Jean, we love you. I love it. I love Jean. <laughs> I mean, I live for everything about this whole confrontation between like Isaac and Ruby. The bit where he locked her in the um, the office just made us think back to that time when Stacey did that and made her pay over a bin. Um, I, I lived for the moment when like Patty turned up, like flipping the night and shine arm. I came in looking sharp as didn't he? Did he see his style? I was like, Patty Truman. Oh my God, what a flipping icon fashion icon he rocks up he takes his boy home he starts trying to you know like to understand what isaac's trying to tell them yeah like i really like that he like said right i understand what you're saying i believe you mm-hmm. um and like try and engage but then he found out that all the things that isaac has to take to the police are stolen so kind of yeah there's you an know there's <laughs> a bit of an issue <laughs> and then he goes and takes all the books back to to ruby and um, he he just doesn't know what to do. And Martin's like, well, he had the same thing with Stacy, but he just loved her. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> we looked up for five minutes and you betrayed her, you horrible Judas. <laughs> <laughs> I shouted something similar to the TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was like, but what are you doing Martin. now, Martin? What are you doing Look now? Look what you've done. I'll never forgive him unless he's literally on bended knee and apologising to oh, Stacey uh-huh. bowing to the ground apologising I want him bowing to her begging I want him bow to flipping Lily as well apologise to her for all the trauma he put her through well I did also live for like some of the more outside um, characters to this storyline as well so like there's a moment where Peter is like being rude about oh. Isaac and trying it on with Lola because you know whenever there's trouble in a relationship Peter's always there to try and latch onto that woman like Instantly comes around, trying his luck with her. She reads him for filth. Oh, it was beautiful. Honestly. She destroys him. And I was like, yes. I was Jean. We went Jean yes. stood across. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, Lola. You tell him. Your man is, is 300 times more that than Peter. And he, even at his worst, is thousands times better than Peter. I have to say the pairing of Isaac and Lola has been genius. Like I look forward to their scenes. I like their partnership. I like the way they interact with 
like their families. I, I love it. I love it. I am enjoying Lola's character again. It has uh-huh. it's been a long time since. Like, I mean, we've enjoyed all of, like, we've enjoyed our characters since they got back, like, since they brought Isaac and Lola together. Mm-hmm. And it's like a different character almost. It's like she's she's back to being that kind of, like, fiery and and also, like, really emotional and sensitive girl who came to the square confused and, and like, and it's really nice. It's nice to say that. It's nice to say I kind of like in a in a deep story, like a, a more emotive storyline yeah. than just oh she's just with Jane now. But they can balance it and have like at the beginning of the relationship where they're always like having fun. So we've yeah, seen exactly. like both there was sides. fun elements to it as well. Yeah, I love it. I live for it. So the cab firm. It's nearly ready. It's it's Cat's Cabs. It's going to have its big opening. And that means Cat, the cabby storyline, has been going on and we just didn't know. It's returned, Emma. It's returned. We asked for it and we got it. We got it back. And do you know what? Ever since she was a little girl, she had a dream. A dream. She dreamed a dream. <laughs> Time gone by. Time gone by. Actually, I think you'll find she's always remembered this moment. Always. Yeah. Always. That she sat on Charlie's knee and she pretended to steer the cab. Yeah, it was a big moment for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost as significant as the man in the moon. And the, I mean, how many different childhood stories does she have? Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's like really. <laughs> You know, I have moments where I'm like, that was really, like, that was a really important moment in my life. But, like, I don't have, like, these life stories where I'm like, <laughs> when I was three years old, I looked up at the moon and my father said, there's a man in the moon. And as long as the moon was there, I'd always be safe. And that was fine. But now, of course, when I was three years old, my father sat me on his knee and I rode in this taxi all day when I was sick, which was really inappropriate. Um... But I rode around in his taxi and always wanted to just be the one steering that wheel. Never since then, I've always wanted to be a taxi driver. I actually wanted to write a series of books. Called I Had a Dream. I had a dream. Dream. <laughs> that would be amazing. A song to sing. Because everything she's had a dream about as well has happened for her. It's come true. Do you it's know what? amazing. It's so funny. Dreams can powers. come true. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it wasn't Alfie having visions. It was Kat. Because <gasps> every time she dreams of things, they always come true. And maybe that's the same with uh, all those visions. I think you've got a point there. I think so. Did she you... had that dream about the man in the moon. She found Alfie. Do you know that when I was three, mm. I I had a dream that I was going to make it. I was going to make an EastEnders podcast. <gasps> That's so funny, because I also had a dream. See, my father sat me on his lap and he was podcasting about EastEnders at that time, even though there wasn't a thing called podcasting. And um, we were talking and I just realised I always wanted to be the one with the mic. I live for this. The cat's flipping journeys are just everything. So welcome to the madhouse that is fat. This week kicks off with a fantastic moment. Tommy has been replaced. He's new. unceremoniously at that. <laughs> so this one's got blonde hair. <laughs> so completely different. Oh, uh, it's Denny. He's Denny too. He's, he is, isn't he? He literally is reminded me of Denny. They don't tell you his name. So you're like, well, who is that? You just know yeah. it's Kat's son. But we're like, but which one? But obviously we'd read there was a new Tommy. Um, yeah. So 
if you didn't read that, you'd be like, well, which one's this? Is this Bird, Ernie, Tommy, a new kid? Dermot? What I live for <laughs> is that Bill's basically just using this new Tommy to replace Denny. Oh, yeah, he's literally making him into Denny. He's literally Will, too. Will is gutted. I know, because Will was like, I could be Denny for Phil. <laughs> I could be that. I just need to kill my parents, take all of Denny's clothes, and then I can be... I can be the new Denny. Bill invites Denise and Raymond over to the grand reopening. And, um, well, Denise isn't thrilled. Uh, basically says that he's not going to have anything to do with Phil. I love Denise. I do. But I, I am do getting too. I know very, I, yeah. very annoyed at her not yeah. letting Raymond know who his dad is. Like, Phil's part of his life. Kat made a great point when she went round as well. She was like... It's an open secret. Would you rather Raymond found out off someone else? Exactly. Everyone knows Phil's his dad. The, Raymond the, deserves the chance uh-huh. to choose. The best thing he, for Raymond is for him to find out via Denise and yes. Phil that Phil is his dad. Phil and Denise don't say it. Amy will. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, she'll have a whole webpage about it. What Denise is doing is removing that choice. She's not protecting Raymond. And if she did care so much about protecting Raymond, then why is she allowing her daughter, Chelsea, who is a criminal to some degree and also um, was often dating criminal types, to live so freely and close to him? They considered having Lucas. Yeah, yeah, because Lucas living with them? Uh A known murderer? (laughs) Listen, the one thing you can say about Phil Mitchell, right, is that even though he sometimes gets it wrong, yes, he, he wasn't understanding all the time with Ben, but above all, he does care about his children. He will run across the world on foot till his feet bled and became stumps to get his kids. You cannot say he doesn't care about his kids. Phil wants a legacy for Raymond and he decides that's going to be the cabs. <laughs> now, ha- I read it coming. <laughs> I just don't know why he came up with the worst names ever. Right, fair enough. Super Ray. That's great. That's a good one. Spider Ray. Questionable, but not <laughs> not the worst. Bat Ray is just horrific. What? What do you even know? It's so weird. <laughs> no, but also, like, just the name of the cars. Why don't you just actually... Why didn't he just say something like... Um, Ray's Cabs? Ray's Cabs. Or he could have... He could have put Cat's name above the laundrette and put Ray, Ray's name above the cabs. Or he could have just made the calves, styled them, done a, like, you know, a, a paint job on them to look sort of like they are relevant to superheroes. Just do, like, maybe half the side of the car as, like, Superman's colours or, like, do another side of the car Batman style. It would be a selling point. It would be something unusual about the taxis. You know what it gives and- me vibes of? TikTok man and... Oh, yeah, totally. totally. Oh, where did they go? Where did Linda's uh, passion... Ever since she was a little girl, she used to always love to draw. And then that dream died about five minutes after Max, you know, um, won at the award. It was weird. Yeah, and they never never set that business up. No, no. Um, she's clearly gone. putting that foundation to good use, isn't she? She's clearly putting that foundation to good use. So, huge success in Lucy Beale Foundation. <laughs> Never use. <laughs> oh, fun times. Well, the calves are a big, big thing. Everyone's come to see. Sharon's not too happy, but everyone's come to see. But I live for the, the grand unveiling where my cat, like, you know, says, 
it talks about Charlie and stuff. Oh. It talks about Dad and our dream. And I was just like, oh, Charlie. Crap. We all miss Charlie so much. It's just not right. That was such a sad episode when the Oh, it was devastating. I did like um, when the cab place opened and you had Jean, Karen and Kat all messing around and they were talking oh, about yeah. like how it was like um, Mo's sex lines. Yes. Oh, <laughs> do you remember Madam Whiplash? Yes. Oh, was, was Mo's name, wasn't it? Do you remember? Nice throwback. This is Madam Whiplash. <laughs> I love when the phone rings and they'd been like um, putting voices on and saying things like, what's your pleasure? And Jean picks it up and she's like, Cast cabs, what's your pleasure? How can I assist you? Oh no. <laughs> I do like all the scenes with Jean, Kat and Karen. That's that's a good oh, that, perfect. Perfect trip. The thing I'm confused about, Emma, is that why don't they just do the cabs office at the back? Like not just the way they've got it, but like have the entrance to the cabs at the back. Yes. Rather than have to walk through the laundrette. I think that's just really bad business styling. You can have both, but make an entrance on another side i'm with you there i don't understand why you would have to walk all the way through yeah they're technically i would not go to a laundrette for a cab no like they're technically the same business but they're also different so two doors yeah. would be handy it was strange yeah very strange just seems like a long way to, to walk <laughs> yeah they should just have like a little taxi rank around the back yeah yeah of course See? a taxi rank ideal <laughs> yeah just seems odd. Just yeah. seems very odd. Well, anyway, Phil's having Raymond because Denise has listened to Kat and, um, well, he decides to just come out with it like, I'm your dad. She's like, oh, no, Phil, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> it's the way he proudly tells Kat the next day and she's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Kat's got, like, terror in her face. She's like, what have you done? I have just worked so hard to get <laughs> Denise to let you in that much. And you've just kicked the wall down. He said, nah, I'm not having any boundaries with me and Raymond. We're just going to be upfront and honest. Yes, okay, be honest. But sit down with Denise and say it. Yeah. Also, I am going to go absolutely in on Denise now, right? That child is very confused, right? She says it herself. That child should not be getting confused. So what does she go and do? She sits down. She talks about his parents in heaven. Yeah. She's the parent on earth for him, right? That's fine. Lovely. Leave it there. But then she has an issue with Phil overcomplicating the situation. However, it's perfectly fine for her to bring in the fact that, oh, he's going to have a stepdad now called Jack. And Jack's going to be his stepdad. Wouldn't that be really nice? Denise, how about you don't make your child twice as confused by a situation where he's just found out that his dad's Phil Mitchell and that his dad who's dead isn't really his dad. How about instead of having that moment um, completely confuse him and really add to that issue all the issues that you are concerned about how about we just decide to say yes actually your dad is phil um and you know and you can never have enough family that would be enough mm-hmm. don't then make it all about how is it that oh jack's jack's this knight in shining armor who should be uh, who should he should be lucky to have as a dad so for um linda's birthday baby shower um yeah i see Max, although on the run, has managed to um, go shopping. <laughs> well, isn't that thoughtful? Very I thoughtful. mean, you know, it, it's that dedication, that dedication that really hammers home how much of a good friend Max was to Linda. You know, he supported her through that 
business idea of hers. You remember the superheroes? No one else does. No one else remembers that. That's gone. That's over. <laughs> she always used to love to draw as a little girl, but uh, nah, not, not now. And I, I was hoping, right, that when she got, you know, when she got a little prezzy, I was hoping she'd open it, right, and it would be a sketchbook. <laughs> <laughs> We knew characters in, so like yes. uh, Mr. Pombear. <laughs> oh, Pombear. <laughs> I mean, when it said it was her birthday, I was hoping that she would go, but I'm not 57. 57 was everyone else. I was hoping someone would send her a 57 card. Please, <laughs> please, someone send her. Well, I was looking at cards today. Um oh. For because my cousin's birthday, so I had to go in the age section because she's 18. Got like 50, 60, all that. Uh, no 57. Such a shame. Shocking. Such Absolutely shame. shocking. Absolutely shocking. That's that's discrimination as far as I'm concerned against my nan and everyone else. It's true. That's what I think. Do you know what I was sad about? It was it was Lena's birthday, right? And there wasn't a single card from Tina Carter. And I was just like, that's shocking that. That's shocking. Well, I mean, Shirley wasn't in the, the, the spirit to party, was she? She wasn't in the party mood because Tina loves birthdays. Tina, loves <laughs> Tina even had a birthday. She used to have a birthday, you know, guys, every year. She used to love them. I have to say, in terms of gifts, um, I'm surprised they weren't absolutely terrified to receive something from Max because I like the fact she just opened it just like, oh, okay. Uh, like they are terrified of Max. We'll see I mean, that they later live on. In fear of Max. Don't Literally live in fear. She's like, Frankie, no, you can't have a party for me. And then when Mick's like, well, we could have a party. No, because if Max hears about this, he'll be over here. He used to love parties. <laughs> he'll be over here <laughs> like a, a shot. We all know the rules. You can't say Max's name. You can't have a party. Those are two of the rules. <laughs> the third one is obviously you can't be anywhere near a, a relative of his or he'll steal you. Like Rumble Stiltskin. He will just come down the chimney and he'll just take you away. <laughs> those are the three rules, guys. If you don't follow those three rules, you're doomed. Max will come. It is. It's like, he's, he's like Santa, but like a scary, evil, evil Santa. Where, <laughs> like, is this is a Pokemon now for them. <laughs> Max might come back. He's watching. <laughs> he'll sense it. He will come. <laughs> he'll get those tickets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, naughty. <laughs> I think he did already, Emma. <laughs> That's half the problem five months ago. Dead naughty this week, guys. Dead naughty. <laughs> we love a bit of innuendo. We love a bit of innuendo. Oh, gosh. It's the, the fear that he's generated now. He wasn't scary when he was on the square, but since leaving, he's become like a mythical figure. They're like, we can't tell really that about, you know, Croatia, because... They might then take that child back and then Max might come to the square. He might come back. To... No, if they take that child, Max is going to jail. He's kidnapped a child. Do it's, we not understand? It's just the way Jack's just sat there like, yeah, I've spoken to Max. and um... he, I know. Don't even <laughs> with Jack Brannan this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've tried my best, but obviously he said if I get the police involved. The police involved? You want the police? <laughs> What happened to your flipping code of conduct? Well, I mean, I know he doesn't have much. Once he used to be, right, a decent, upstanding, corrupt pillar of the community, you could go to him, and although he would be slightly corrupt, he wouldn't flip and be, you know, totally corrupt and flipping evil. Now he's just gone full crazy. He's like full corruption. <laughs> Support this brother of his, 
stealing a child. He's like flipping helped Lucas um, involved in a criminal scheme. Um, he's helped Chelsea involved in a criminal scheme. All these different things. <laughs> Shocking. You know, once Jack was a goodish man, a goodish man. I love the way for this baby shower, right? That Frankie's like only invited Sonia oh. and her dad. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> I love that she's using, right? Listen, we've all done it, right? We've all created events to get people together or either get together with people. We've all been involved in something like that along the line somewhere. Whether we're guests or whether we're organisers, we've been involved in that. <laughs> but this was unreal. I've never seen someone use a baby shower to get someone with someone. Look, they're pregnant. Why don't you get pregnant? <laughs> Maybe it'll inspire something in you. Like, it's weird. It's weird. I also live for the fact that, like, it's Sharon, Sonia, and then, like, Sonia's dad <laughs> with Shirley. No Linda. Yeah, no no Linda, no Mick, you know. <laughs> Have None the, of the real important no. people here. Have the party without the, the main yeah, the main the person. <laughs> it's just a baby shower for everyone. <laughs> We're all pregnant women. It's a communal <laughs> baby shower. <laughs> Frankie's handing out the leaflets. Celebrate womankind and their fertility. Come to my baby shower. A communal baby shower. <laughs> I live for it. Honestly, I really do. And then when Kathy comes up uninvited, that's something else. I felt really sad for Shirley. I did, actually, because Kathy, I love you, but and I do think you and Terry are fine together. Yeah, but I they're not They're not Shirley and Terry. I know, and I also think Shirley deserves... Shirley deserves an actual bloke at this point. Like, she's not had a man for a long time, and she needs... Some happiness. I love the way they're having this party and then you've got Mick and Linda having a meal elsewhere mm. whispering about Max just in case he can hear. Yeah, like, don't talk about it too loudly because if Max comes, then we'll be, we'll be in for it. It's the way they know where he is and they won't tell Rainy. Hey, I know. <laughs> hey, my God. I know. Rainy is grief-stricken that her surrogate daughter, because that's what... That's what she is, essentially. And she has been walking around morose and depressed the entire, like, time that she's been missing. And instead of being like, well, you know, the right thing to do is just to tell them where Max is so they can get their child back. Instead, Linda's like, don't talk about it because if he comes, if they get that child of him, he'll come back here looking for my child. No, he'd be in jail. They tell Jack, but Jack's clearly been in contact with him. Anyway, so already knew, so, but so clearly acting surprised. Mm. <laughs> no way in Croatia, really? I know, I love that. He got really in Croatia. Never Never guessed. <laughs> I love when he was like, he says if we get the police involved, he's going to run. Well, yeah, the police are already involved and they should be already involved. What are you talking about? We shouldn't get the police involved. It's, in t- it's time. Max has kidnapped a child. Listen, we are Max fans here. We actually enjoyed his storylines. We enjoyed his character before this butchery. This evil, unholy butchery that they did of his character after he left the square, we do not agree with. It doesn't make sense why he would leave Abby the first time um, and then suddenly decide, nah, I'm going to take her after all. But now we have to say this. He would be in trouble. He should be in trouble. He's taking a child. 
It does make me sad because I had like quite a good ending for Max. Like doing, he had a wonderful ending for him. Doing the right thing and then it's like kind of... Yeah, they, they just smeared all over it. They go from saying, no, Max actually has a heart and has, has, has shown that in the past, selfish Max would have just done what he wanted to do, taken what he wanted to take and damn the consequences. That was Max. And, you know, love my him, that was his character. And they then said, but he's grown since then. And because of that, he won't take Abby. He knows she'll be happy here and not on the run with him. Well, where's that ending gone? <laughs> Up in smoke? Because apparently a month later, he's just like, now nah, I'm going to take her. All that character development gone in an instant, like a flipping Roman candle. <laughs> <laughs> How ungrateful is Linda when she hey. sees the party? Because... Like, I know that you didn't want it, but, like, there's no need to be that mean in front of Frankie's face about it. Yeah, it I just love pretend. It. Just be like, oh, thank you. But she's like, what have you done? <laughs> you attack her for not knowing what you're not telling her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing, yeah. It was like, how dare you do something like this when you <laughs> don't know why I don't want this? <laughs> yeah, I live, I live for this. I was just like, Linda, what has happened? Like, your fear of Max has made you very <laughs> irrational right now. I, I don't know what's going on, but it's made you irrational. I live as well for Frankie and Zach's like little coupling in the car. I kind of live for them being a couple actually as well. I was like, I can actually say this and I would prefer it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Nancy and Zach fan. Mm-mm. Nah, I just, I can't get over the, the car journey with him and Frankie as well. When like Frankie's actually driving, but not looking at the road. No, I was not like, at all. Sorry, how did you not think you were going to hit someone, love? Well, I he's like, drink. He's been drinking, hasn't he? Yes. I was saying, you can't drink. You can't and drive. do that. Although Zach's not driving, he's in charge of the learner, mm-hmm. and he's been yeah. drinking. And then, yeah, he shouldn't be under influences. She's not looking at the road. <laughs> I mean, that's it, girls. Frankie, there's one rule you have to follow when it comes to driving, right, love? And that is keep your eyes on the road. Like you can't take your eyes off, even if a cute boy is trying to get your attention. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Come on. And anyway, inevitably, they're flirting and um, one thing leads to another. And no, it's not sex. It's uh, instead they run over her sister. <laughs> what is it with Nancy and her bad luck with cars as well? This last keeps on getting hit by cars. I'm not even joking. Well, she did say she mentioned she's had this before. Yeah, she's like, I've been hit by a car. How is this girl always getting hit by cars? Is she like... Did she like anger like a, a, a crone or something, like some evil witch in the woods? You know, which was running on a night runs one day. She, she she crossed a crone's path and didn't buy any heather from her. And so ever since then... And ever since then, the ghost of Mr. Butcher <laughs> runs her over. <laughs> he rises from the grave every Halloween night. Rises atop his metal steed and rides into Nancy. Oh, you know what'll happen? Janine's return storyline. She'll run over Nancy. (laughs) Not again. (laughs) The cart has on everything this week. And like Jack's madness, everything. The flipped strange fear of Max is just everything. (laughs) But also the thing that gets me the most is that the Zach and flipped Frankie decide no, let's be conspiracy th- uh, conspiracies now. Let's let's just pretend that we didn't. Let's pretend we didn't hit up by the, uh, with a car. When you could have just explained quite normally. Yeah. Oh, it was a complete accident. I took my eyes off the road. I'm your sister. I didn't mean harm. I don't think Nancy 
would be exactly happy. You wouldn't be if you yeah, got of course. I mean, look what happened when someone drank a juice. <laughs> I, I threw a juice out, sorry. She nearly raised the right hand. But I think she'd be more understanding if you tell her now than <laughs> if you tell her when, when she finds out herself, however long down the line that they've been lying. And I don't think they'll... Well, especially Frankie's not going to be able to keep it up because she's already, like, finding it very hard. Exactly. <laughs> I love I how Jack... Jack's like the CCTV. And then he's like... <laughs> That again, no CCTV. As soon as Jack said, I'll help you. Don't you worry. We'll get the person who did this. I was like, well, you'll never get the person who did this. No, thing. it's convenient. The only person who's ever been um, like arrested due to CCTV was Stacey. And it wasn't even correct. I know. The only innocent person who, <laughs> the only person who went down was innocent. Uh-huh. And I think we'll have to mention it um, yeah. because it was a big part of the week. Harry Redknapp did appear on the square. Oh, he did. Bless him. Like, I think everyone, we all have this collective fear whenever a, a non-EastEnders, non-acting celebrity comes onto the square. We all have that, oh no, what's going to happen? What are they going to be doing? But actually, it worked. And it he did. was very good. I liked his him. scenes. Like, in particular with, uh, I love the one with Billy where he was trying to get mm. the selfie. Yeah, the, the, the like, uh, <laughs> trying to like, deliberately photobomb the picture so that like he would walk into it kind of thing i love that and also the mick and linda stuff because it it reminded me of old mick and linda and the way it was the way he was acting the way she thought actual royalty was coming the prince (laughs) (laughs) this week's slapping dan goes to jack well this one has been in the making. It's been coming for a long time. Yes, it is time for Mr. I'm a bent copper, Jack Brannan, to get his comeuppance. This week he has pushed me too far, Emma. Pushed me to my limits. <laughs> the fact that he thinks it's all right for his brother to gallivant around the world, stealing a child. Oh, yeah, perfectly reasonable police officer there. The fact that he told Rainey not to phone the police. Sorry, what kind of officer are you? What officer are you? And then he was like, you'll just have to hire a private investigator, really, if you want to track him down. How about you get off your lazy <laughs> behind and find your brother? You put a useless flipping idiot. How useful is a private investigator and using all your money to find him when Jack actually knows where he knows is? Knows where he is. <laughs> and then when he was like, with Nancy as well, oh, we'll get these people... We'll get these. I was like, as soon as he said that, I was like, that's it. Yeah, this, you know he's never going to solve no this footage. crime. This is the 13th crime he's failed to solve. Our hero this week is Jean. For so many reasons. She was she really helped and was there for Isaac. When yeah. Lola was giving um, Peter a, a piece of her mind and also telling him, I mean, he was going on and being just horrible as per usual. Yeah. And... She was, like, giving him facts. Jean was there, clapping. She was brought yeah. light entertainment with the whole, what's your pleasure? Um, <laughs> yes, we got lots of fun stuff in the cabs. That was fab. She also had another chat with Lola where she was saying how he, how Isaac would need her because she knows how she was. And we think she's solving this whole thing with Ruby. For the last two weeks, we're going to be rating as a whole. And we're going to give the whole uh, of the last two weeks a four jeans. I mean, it has to be four jeans because 
this week, like the last two weeks have brought us everything for Isaac. Like it has been so Isaac heavy and it's been everything that I wanted. We've had all of this emotion from him. Then you've got like all the other people who his story impacted, Lola, Sheree, Patty. They have all been top form. And then you go into the Panazars and things that all those stories were fantastic to watch. And there's lots of different characters mixing as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, it felt like all these standards again. It did, yeah. But the the Isaac storyline has been a particular highlight, and I think that deserves yeah. a round of applause. Round of applause. This week's episode is sponsored by "I Had a Dream" by Kat Slater. Have you ever needed a story to be read out to you by audio descriptive services such as Kindle? Well, we have the story for you. I had a dream once. I had a dream when I was a little girl and sat on my father's lap driving his taxi that I would one day be driving a real taxi and not just running over pedestrians. If you want to hear more of this, buy Cat's books. I had a dream. You can get the trilogy if you fancy for a discounted price of $5.99. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.